0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in a series called Extraordinary. Everybody say extraordinary. And we're talking about great practices for a better life. I know of no one that says, I don't want anything to improve in my life. I think all of us, some things could go up in our life. Not at me if you're with me on that, okay? And these are some great practices that you can do. This is not an exclusive group, this is for everybody, whosoever will can do these things, and not only can we do these things, you, you should do these things. You must do these things because of the difference that they'll make. Quick review, the first week we talked about some practices, practices spiritual and practical, that uh, would affect our morning and our night. Good morning, good night, and I believe this, that if we apply those things, we're going to have a better morning, then we have a better night, and if you're having a better morning and a better night, chances are you're going to have a better night. Day, String a few of those together and you're going to start to have a better life. Amen? Then we talked about our thoughts. And your thoughts are very, very important, very, very powerful. And uh, we looked at the whole idea that if you want a better life, you had better guard your thoughts. And the truth and the tools uh, to realize that we can choose our thoughts and we can also change our thoughts. And that's pretty important. Last week we talked about prayer. Everybody say Prayer. All of us should have a pattern of prayer that we're praying for the, the daily, the normal, the regular, the daily bread types of prayers. But also we need to step forward and lean into the impossible in our life and pray big prayers to a big God. And our our level of prayer expectancy has a lot to do with our picture of God. How big is your God? How able is is God. And because if we don't think he's strong and able and mighty and willing, then we're just going to ask these little tiny prayers. And yet many of us have some big things that we need to change and we need to move. And so pray big prayers to a big God. Can I get an amen on that today? So today we want to move on and we're going to talk about people, people. Everybody say people this morning. We do life with other people. Bible says it's not good that you would be alone. Proverbs warns us that if you isolate yourself, you're really coming into a, 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 an unadvised place, a dangerous place. We do life with other people. We live, we work, we eat, we play, we worship, we wait, we travel with other people. Who are these other people? They're our family, they're our friends, they're our neighbors, they're our co-workers, they're strangers, they're even enemies. And uh, But yet we have all, you know, we do life with all these, these different people. Add to that kind of a pretend world in a lot of ways, social media. So we've got Facebook, and anybody still on MySpace? <laughs> we've got Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and so forth. And so we, we can do all kinds of things now. We can follow people, and we can unfollow them. And we can block people, and we can friend people. And we can unfriend them too, just like, you know, second grade. I unfriend you. We can like you. We can retweet you. We can do all kinds of things now. And I was thinking back, you know, uh, when I was in high school. I went to high school um, last century before social media. And can you imagine if somebody came up up to me and said, hey, uh, I retweeted you. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do with that. What if somebody came up to me in high school or just 20 years ago and said, I like your blog? Or what if they said, I'm following you and <laughs> back off, you know? So we have all these things. And then friends, you know, I, I checked real quick. I've got like 6,700 friends. I can't be my friends. I can't keep up with all those people. I just need a, a couple, Okay. And so we have all of this going on with people, and we want to look at how all of this works together because we're all linked in one way or another. We're all linked through and impacted by connections and interactions. Connections and interactions. And I'm going to make much of that today. And these, these are all different levels as well. And I, I want us to start separating now out in our thinking. Just take Jesus, for example. Jesus had the multitude. He had the 500, he had the 70, he had the 12, he had the three, he had the one. And so what happens, and here's the principle, intimacy increases as the size of the group decreases. So you can only be close and safe with so many. You can't have 6,000 friends, okay? And so intimacy increases as the size of the group decreases. So these connections, these interactions that we're going to talk about today, they're not without impact. They are not without influence. And so let's just break this down, two areas we're going to look at today. We're going to call them careful connections. Read that with me. Careful connections and intentional interactions. Read that. Intentional interactions. So... Don't underestimate. Don't underestimate the impact and the influence of these connections, of these interactions. Um, These impact us in ways where it can draw you in or it can push you out. It can help you. It can hurt you. It can build you up. It can tear you down. It can cheer you on. It it can uh, discourage you. And realize that the connections, this has to do with some, okay? This would be a, a group. Probably a smaller group. Your connections with some. You can only fully, healthily be connected to some. And yet our interactions are with all. Okay? So separate that out. This has to do with some, and we want to be careful about this. And then our interactions are with all, and we want to be intentional um, concerning that. So one of the basic needs of us as human beings is relationships. I already had quoted that it's not good that you be alone. Uh, Ecclesiastes says, Woe to him who is alone when he falls. I mean, it, our, our very survival, our health, our well-being has to do with, with healthy connections with other people. Matter of fact, our three most basic human needs right here would be intimacy with God. Everybody say intimacy with God. Now let me, intimacy here, let's explain this. Intimacy has to do with close, warm, safe, Known, loved, intimacy with God. The next need would be intimacy with others. In the same way, safe, close, warm, known, loved. And then the third would be self-worth, self-worth. These are all needs for every human being. So think of this. Think how your life can be off track and, and drifting if you don't have intimacy with God. And then... If we have intimacy with God, but we don't have intimacy with others, both of that would play into our self-worth. And so many people living a destructive life, some people not even knowing that they're, that they're doing that, and it's because they don't see their worth. They don't know their value. They're, they're giving their life, their heart, their body. They're giving everything away because they don't know of their worth and, the, and their value. And all of this is so vital for us to be healthy and whole. And if we've ever got a, sh- a shot at being happy... And stable and fruitful and blessed. It flows out of these three rivers of intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self-worth. If you're following, say amen. amen. All of this points to the incredible importance of the family of God and of the body of Christ. There are huge, and look at me for this, this informs this, that there are huge reasons, huge reasons of why we do growth track, of why we do small groups, of why we do celebrate recovery and grief share and divorce care and things like those because of what this informs and what this pours into our life. We don't do those things because those are cool activities or that's a neat thing to get people signed up for. This has to do with our, with our health and our well-being, spirit, soul, and, body. and so all of this goes together, uh, massively Im- important. So let's look at the great practices related to people, related to careful connections, intentional interactions. Here's the first great practice we're going to look at today. we're just going to look at two right here. Be careful. Everybody say, be careful. Be careful. Say it like you mean it. Be careful. be careful. All right. It's a warning to us. And we find in Proverbs chapter 22. Make no friendship. Everybody say friendship. Okay, we're going to come back to this word. It's a very pivotal word here. Make no friendship with an angry man and with a furious man. Do not go, lest or otherwise, if you do, you will learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Now, we'll break this down a little bit further, but let's go back to this word friendship. And in the Old Testament Hebrew that this comes from... It means, make no friendship, an association to keep company with. Are you ready for this? To graze. To graze like cows. Could I get a moo this morning? There you go. Make no friendship. Don't graze. Don't graze with an angry or furious person. You're going to learn their ways and you're going to set a snare for your soul. We're all in the great big pasture of life together. Here's a picture. This is Meadowbrook Church. People come in just before service. We took this see so you guys coming out of, coming out of the parking lot. Did you know this true this is true? Cows actually have a best friend. They get stressed if they get separated from their from their best friend. But we are and the and the scripture uses agricultural type of term Make no friendship. Can we go back to the verse here in Proverbs 22? Make no friendship with an angry person, with a furious person. The point here is who you graze with and how close do you graze with them. Proximity determines influence. Proximity determines influence. The Bible warns us in many ways on this. There's really four types of people, okay? You have adders. Subtractors, multipliers, and dividers. Here's another way to put it: Some people brighten the room when they enter. Other people brighten the room when they <laughs> when they leave. Some people you're happy to see coming. Some people you're happy to see their name come up on caller ID. Now there's I, I can't take that right now. And so connections, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Everybody can't be your buddy. You cannot just live life without discretion and without boundaries and without borders in our life. It's very, very important here. The Proverbs caution us. If you graze too close, if you graze too close and too long with a person. Now let's just take angry and furious. And I believe that they are just, for example, for instance, Really, what it's saying in the in the language are these are wrong and unhealthy passions and emotions, and they lead to wrong and unhealthy actions. And so, if you graze too long with this, guess what? What's what happens here? Lest you learn his ways. Do you know what that means? You become like them. You become like them, and then and set a snare for your soul. What does that mean? Not only am I getting wrong and unhealthy passions and actions in my life, I now set who sets a snare. I set a snare. For what? My soul. Now think of that wording, set a snare for your own soul. When you set a snare, it's a it's a trick. It it snares you. And when it snares you, guess what you just lost? You just lost freedom. You just lost control. You are now limited. And how did that happen? Because you're grazing with the wrong folks. Too close, too long. Now listen, I am not saying, and and when you hear the whole message you'll get this, but I want to keep you the whole time, okay? I am not saying that you just push people out of your life and I just have my three. I'm not saying that. The only people you push out of your life are those that are dangerous to your life that they've, they've lost their place if they're dangerous in their life. But people don't have to be of the same political persuasion and lifestyle and everything else uh, for you to let them into your world. But even all the more, you must be careful, highly selective, who, who you actually graze with and spend time up close. Otherwise, you will take on unhealthy ways, unhealthy actions, you, you also set a snare for your soul and you lose your own freedom. Here's the reality. You become like who you hang out with. You become like who you hang out with. 2 uh, Thessalonians even says this, don't hang out with lazy people. Uh, Bible also tells us the New Testament that evil companions corrupt good character. You might be this awesome person, but I'm telling you what, you keep grazing with people with unhealthy passions, unhealthy actions in your life, and you you take it on. You become like who you hang out with. We see it sometimes with people and their pets. Look at this. Look at Peyton Manning. Look at billionaire Richard Branson. I'm not even sure which one's him. And so you become like who you hang out with. And if we're grazing, if we're staying close in that way, if we have a connection and we're not careful, this this is very dangerous for us. Now listen, I'm going to summarize real quick something for you. There are emotional and psychological problems that, that anyone, anyone can have. And there are a number of reasons why those things would start to take place in our life. And then the, the outliving of that ranges anywhere from addiction to depression. In between and beyond. And one of the main contributors to those issues in your life would be unhealthy connections unhealthy connections and you might have lived your whole life and then suddenly you have somebody in your life and it's an unhealthy connection it can suddenly start to motivate within your life and be a factor in your life to cause all kinds of ills like I said everything from addiction to depression part of recovery part of helping someone to move out of that always involves helping people get connected Healthy connections at deeper and healthier levels than they are. This is so, so vital for us, not just for your kids, but for you. Where are you grazing? Who are you grazing with? Uh, How close are you grazing? We must have careful connections in our life. Look with me in Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will become wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. First, we have a promise. You walk with wise people, you become wise. Then we have a warning, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Look at it in the message paraphrase. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. We become like who we hang out with. I heard about a farmer, actually read this, a farmer He entered his mule into the Kentucky Derby. People were amazed. People were amused. One guy asked him about it. And the old farmer said this. He said, well, I don't think he's got much chance to win. But I think the associations will do him good. You become like who you hang out with. Amen. So you should always be grazing. You should always be grazing. Listen carefully to this. Always be grazing with people that are helpful to you, that are good for you. And you should always be grazing with people that you are helpful to, that you are good for. Don't just isolate your little, tight, squeaky, sterile life and just have the peop- only the people who bless you. You are here to be a blessing. You have to monitor that influence carefully and prayerfully. But this is an important part of careful connections. Everybody say careful connections. And so connections, again, that's for up close. That's for grazing. Careful connections. Intentional interactions. That's for everybody. That has to do with everybody. Here's our great practice, second great practice, and it is this. Be friendly. Everybody say be friendly. That was not friendly at all. Come on, say be friendly. There you go. I feel better. So we're to be careful. We're to be careful with our connections. We're to be friendly in our interactions. Now, you can't be everybody's friend, but you can be friendly to everybody. I feel like saying that again. You can't be everybody's friend, but you can be friendly to everybody. God is even kind to the unthankful and the evil my kids when they were growing up we just have gotten to a pattern seriously of just being friendly to everybody we try to act like we almost know them sometimes alicia will greet somebody and go on off in a story talking to them and then we walk away and go did you know them no i thought you did i said well we know them now but you, you just need to be friendly in, in, in all your interactions. And don't forget, we are called to be salt and light and sugar. You say my Bible doesn't say we're called to be salt, light, and sugar. You summarize what the New Testament tells us about how we're to interact with other people. And just go with my paraphrase on that. We are called to be salt. We are called to be light. And we are called to be sugar, honey. Okay? We are called to be sweet people. If there, if there is a group of people on the planet that should be a sweet, kind people, it should be the family of God. Amen. Can we get a better amen on that one amen. this morning? Amen. Now, so as we're friendly, let's, I want to give you a point of application. I really honestly believe God put this in my heart for us to look at today. As we're friendly, here's a target application for being friendly. Right here. Greetings. Greetings. Everybody say greetings. 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 Um, We all do them. You've already done some today. Good morning. Hello. How are you doing? Howdy. Hey. Hi. (laughs) What's up? Or the abbreviated form of that, sup. Or, some of you, just a grunt. (laughs) And we need to be a little more intentional about our greetings. Greetings have to do with words and or gestures. Words and or gestures. Usually upon arrival and upon departure. Some kind of greeting. It's a salute. It's to give regards. It's to acknowledge. And I believe this. It is to convey. It is to carry something. It's to convey and carry welcome and goodwill and peace. It should carry carry some things. Uh, In the New Testament, greetings are very important. Uh, Every one of the epistles, the letters written to the churches in the New Testament, begin and end with a greeting. They begin and end with a greeting. Paul was huge on this. In Romans chapter 16, as he's finishing the book of Romans, he takes about 12 verses to greet a long list of people. It's worth the read. It really is. He's greeting them and what they meant to him and when he met them and what they're doing. And, and it's a beautiful, uh, don't read it now, but read it later. It's in Romans, Romans chapter 16. And then we also find Paul saying on several occasions, greet one another with a holy kiss. Okay? Now that's pretty cultural. And it was not during flu season. And just the way our culture is charged right now, Don't go in for the kiss unless you know you're welcome, okay? Please don't leave here and go to lunch and kiss your waitress and go, I'm from Meadowbrook. You do not mention Meadowbrook, all right? Go to jail on your own. All right. All right. No, but that's what he's truly saying is this is genuine, heartfelt, warm, that you would share with one another. Uh, let's let's hold off on the kiss till we get clarity. All right. Paul also numerous times mentioned in his own writings. He said this greeting. Follow this. He said this reading greeting. I am writing with my own hand. Biblical scholars say that that seems to indicate that he handwrote the greeting, and he perhaps dictated the teaching through an assistant. Do you know that saying? that his personal greeting was very very important to him. I think your personal greeting to people should be a very very important thing as well. Every greeting, every greeting to those that are close to you, to those that you're just passing, put something into it. Put a little peace. Come on, put a little peace into it. Put a little compassion, a little warmth, a little honor. I've 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 greeted people before and I don't know them and I have, Uh, good afternoon sir you know just put a little little honor put a little welcome put a little peace put a little encouragement a little warmth into it and sometimes it's just a nod sometimes it's a smile you can't talk to everybody you'd never get out of the grocery store but you can nod don't ignore people that are made in the likeness and the image of God which is everybody They, they are worth you just Turning, I don't care what color they are, what build they are, what they're wearing. Now, my wife sometimes tells me, don't look over there. Don't look. <laughs> but people are worth the nod, the smile that you greet them. in. Nods are funny, too. Some people nod down. Other people nod up. Other people nod on the side. <laughs> Let's put something into it put something into it. Years ago, there was a lady that we'd known for a long, long time. Just a few years ago, she tragically passed away. Her name was Car Lee. Lee. was really simple, and she was really country. She was always joyful. And this was probably 10, 12 years ago, I pulled up to a Burger King drive-through mid-morning, And um, I pulled up. I'm looking at the menu board. All of a sudden, this voice comes on. Good morning, and welcome to the Burger King. <laughs> take your time, look at the menu, decide what you want. If I can help you with anything, you just let me know. And when you're ready to order, I'm more than happy to take your order. <laughs> Pastor Tim. <laughs> it was simple. It was country. It was Caroly. And I said, Carolee, is that you? And she goes, it is. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm trying to put the smile back in drive-thru. I love it. Well, I think we need to put the smile back in a whole lot of things. And we need to be intentional in our interactions. When my brother went away to college... His first time away from home, and he thought, okay, I need to check out a church. And so he went to a church, and week one he walked into a church, and no one greeted him. He sat there and started to stew a little bit. The next week he thought, maybe it's an off week, I'll try it again. He went back the next week to church, and no one greeted him. And do you know what happened? My brother stayed at a church for almost 10 years. The impact, you said, well, I don't know them. Listen, you have a responsibility to the imago day, the image of God that is in people around you. And if they come in our house, you welcome them. You smile at them. You put the smile back into visiting church. You put the peace and the welcome and the honor and the joy in that. We are ambassadors. We're ambassadors. We represent Jesus. We represent a good heavenly father. We represent the family of God. We are not snobs. We are not grumps. We are part of the happiest family in all of creation. And it needs to show. And this family is not just shut off just for us. Our Father says, I want you to go invite other people. You have brothers and sisters. And regardless of if they ever come into the kingdom of God, we represent the kingdom of God. So in all of our connections, be careful. And in all of our interactions, be friendly. And I think as as we are careful and as we're friendly, life's going to be a little better. And it may just give a boost. It may just give a little something to somebody else. And it may help their life to be better as well. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Uh, thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ocala.